0: Warning, spinning on two wheels contains language, themes, and references that are inappropriate for the ears of children, sensitive grandparents, and public forums. Headphone use is recommended. Hi y'all, I'm Peggy, the Kick-Ass Knitter. My pronouns are she, her, and hers, and I'm bad to the bone. Grab your yarn and throw open the throttle. It's time to kickstart this episode of Spinning on Two Wheels. Hey y'all! Welcome to episode 16 of Spinning on Two Wheels, titled Roll On! First, I would like to give a quick shout out to the newest member of the Ravelry group, Rad EKB, who is my mom. Hi, Mom! And a big thank you. To the 55 of you out there who downloaded episode 15. Thank you. And I would also like to thank every single person who reached out through the group or the Instagram and Ravelry messages to express your condolences and well wishes for Husbando and his family. Thank you. Today's episode is being recorded on Tuesday, September 14th, and will include an unboxing, open throttle, a stall or two, and a detour as I take you on the scenic route. So punch into gear, and let's roll on! And you know what that sound means. But... This unboxing is going to be a little different. This is not a knit crate unboxing, but I have never used yarn from this dyer before so it's new to me yarn and I figured that would warrant an unboxing. I have in my hands a package from Shireen of the Blue Brick an Indie Dyer located in Canada. I am particularly excited for this yarn. <laughs> Y'all, I have wanted to try a yarn from Shireen and this company since the wingspan went viral years ago. It was, it well, it still is. It's that gorgeous shawl scarf that also looks like the giant wings of a great bird of prey that was shown in a beautiful gradient and sold out in like seconds once it launched and once those kits went live. Well I couldn't order a kit then but I have been keeping an eye out for more beautiful yarns from Shireen and the Blue Brick and I finally have one. (laughs) So let's get into it. it's been so long I forgot what I ordered. I ordered two things. I ordered two things? I ordered two things. I have inside this package two skeins of yarn. There's also a card, my order form. Oh, two cards. That's right. So part of the beauty of the blue brick and um, their inspiration for the yarn colorways that Shireen chooses and makes are the gorgeous gorgeous photos and photography pieces that she also creates so the yarn is based on the picture basically and they are stunning I have one skein of uh, Kim's Barn in Muskoka DK weight, which is 350 yards of 80% superwash merino, 10% cashmere, 10% nylon. It is a hand-painted gradient yarn. It is luxurious feeling, y'all. I know it sounds like your, you know, prototypical sock yarn. That's not. It has some beautiful colors. Let me describe the image that this colorway is based on and then I will get to the colors in the yarn itself. So the picture, the picture that this is based on is of two hens, two brown hens, standing in front of a distressed and fairly well pecked looking door. The door is a faded and distressed kind of turquoise. There's some cerulean kind of deeper blue strings or rope hanging next to the door and the chickens look like they've just remembered that mammals used to be afraid of dinosaurs and maybe it's time to remind whoever's taking this picture of why but it's delightful the yarn itself is several shades of blue from like a deep cerulean to a very light turquoise it fades to green and then you have some beautiful neutral brown, like the crest and um, breast feathers of the chickens. Some yellow in there, like the, the lighter parts of the chicken feathers and parts of the door. It is absolutely stunning. Absolutely stunning. Thank you, Shireen. And the second skein that I ordered was actually a pre-order. And this is Manitulin Lana Tonal. It is 115 grams of 80% Superwash Merino, 10% Cashmere, 10% Stellina. So it's also a sock weight yarn, but it has no nylon. It's also got some sparkles in. And the image inspiration for this skein are a bunch of dried rose heads in what looks like it could be a tree stump or like a carved wooden bowl from a tree stump. The yarn is laying next to it. There's a bulky weight and two smaller weight yarns next to it. It's a, a vibrant splash. It is a vibrant splash of mauve and magenta and just all spectrums of these these dried pink flower heads and the yarn itself is a tonal yarn i mentioned the pink magenta mauve ranges from like muted almost with a brown base to very vibrant in a few spots. It's very vibrant, but not overwhelmingly so. It is a gorgeous, almost antique rose kind of color, which is beautiful. I am so excited to have been able to purchase these yarns and to be- get to use them. This is going to be really fun. And I would also like to say thank you, Shireen, for letting me talk about this on the show I did reach out to the blue brick to ask them if I can have this unboxing are you okay with that I was in contact with Shireen she did say yes go ahead that would be be awesome thank you and so I did and I'm really excited to use these they're sparkly and so soft so so soft it's that cashmere in there y'all it's that cashmere lovely Thank you again, Shireen. Thank you, Blue Brick. And let's cruise right along into the next segment. But first, this message. This episode brought to you by Deathwish Coffee. They aren't sponsoring the podcast, they aren't paying me to say this, but without it, I'd be asleep. So, Deathwish Coffee literally the reason I am able to make this podcast. So, Open Throttle. This is Open Throttle getting you up to speed on my current projects. Operation Sock Drawer. What? What? The Koi Pond Sock Swatch. Try saying that ten times fast. The Koi Pond Sock Swatch is blocked. But since I'm pretty sure I don't have enough white yarn from that kit to make these socks... I did go ahead and order a skein of white from the kit dyer Kim of Kim Dyes Yarn. But since the original base, her croissant sock base, is no longer available, she suggested her sourdough sock base as an alternative. That is 80% superwash merino, 20% nylon. The croissant base does not have any nylon in. So the croissant yarns will still make the color sections The sourdough white will probably make the bulk of the sock. Or I'll just go ahead and do what I was going to do and see if I run out. If I do, you'll hear about it. Because it has just been that kind of week. It's Tuesday and it's been that kind of week. We'll see what happens. As I mentioned in my last episode, I have not been knitting the same variety of projects that I normally do. I ended up making a second iteration of Jack's Wings for my brother-in-law's fiancé, as she was particularly devastated by not only Jack's passing, but the loss of other people she was close to that same day. And very suddenly, from what I understand so it just kind of seemed like she needed a woolly hug. So I changed up. I changed up how I worked the end of the shawl. The pattern calls for graduated bind-offs to achieve different lengths of the center and outermost feathers of the shawl, somewhat like the shoulder seams of a sweater. Bind off, then work some every other row, so you're left with something that like resembles stairs. But you're also left with a whole lot of ends to weave in. And I didn't really want to weave in a bunch of ends, and frankly, I, I wasn't sure if I'd have the motivation to weave in a whole bunch of ends. So I used short rows and a wrap and turn technique to achieve the same effect. What I didn't realize was that the number of stitches to be worked didn't change every other row on this shawl. So in several spots, my wraps were at the same spot, the same place, a few rows consecutively, which creates a hell of a bulge. Because when binding off, it compresses the height of multiple rows, think like four or more into the height of two. And the bulging issue, the bulging issue was made worse on the smaller needles because the fabric was more dense. So it had more rigidity to kind of stand up and bulge on its own as opposed to just kind of flapping over flat. So on, on hers, on, instead of picking up all of the wraps at a single spot with multiple wraps, I picked up and worked the lowest one, and then transferred the rest to the newly formed stitch. And I did that on every row, right side and wrong side, which kept the intended effect of a longer center and outer feathers, but it also spread out those wraps just enough so that it didn't form a little ball at the end. And and made for far fewer ends to weave in. And yes, yes, I actually made and updated these changes on the project page, on the Ravelry, which will be linked in the show notes. Dear listeners, I am trying to get in the habit of making notes on my project pages on Ravelry and possibly updating those somewhere else. I am out of ideas on where and how to do that. If you have any, let me know. But it's a habit that is being tough to form. Because when I'm knitting and, you know, in the groove of things, I don't necessarily want to stop all of my progress and go and type out a tiny little note on my computer. I just want to sit there and knit. Is that too fucking much to ask? Ill it is if I'm trying to, you know, tell y'all how I'm doing shit. Oh well. It is a habit I am committed to making. Throwback to a few episodes ago. I've also been working on uh, spinning up the Life fleece when I've needed a break from working on Jack's wings. I managed to get about 699 grams. Hashtag go metric of singles plied into some beautiful and bouncy and big three-ply yarn. You're going to hear more about that in the next segment, right after this break. This episode brought to you by Fiber Fuckery. Giving me something to talk about since 15 million BCE, because otherwise this would be very boring. Mistakes, proof of handmade status, or personal interpretation. Fiber fuckery. You decide. Welcome to Stalls. I have nothing real to report on the knitting front. The notes I made about Jack's wings and the wrap and turns at the end that I substituted in, I don't count those as a stall. Those are changes I made as I was going. They didn't cause a stop in the workflow of those shawls. They just required adjustments as I was rolling along. I do, however, have to let y'all know about some ways that I definitely fucked up with some spinning math. Remember, lo, those many episodes ago when I said that I thought my bobbins for my spinning wheel would hold about four ounces of yarn? Well, they will. Just four ounces of single yarn. As soon as I started plying the singles together, my heart, my heart sank. Because there is no way on this planet of Earth without breaking all known laws of physics and space-time for it to be possible for me to cram a 12-ounce single length of 3-ply worsted-plus weight yarn onto one of those bobbins. And since I only left myself one bobbin left to ply onto, because I had an abundance of arrogance and a severe underestimation of how much the universe would bite my hubris in the ass, I was somewhat stuck. Welp. The largest bobbins I have will hold roughly six ounces of plied yarn which meant that I needed to put about two ounces of singles on each bobbin. I got through plying all of this off through the application of a swift and many, many swear words. But now I am stuck with several hanks of yarn of very different lengths as I tried valiantly to ply up all of the singles, and one hank one hank was even plied using a completely different method. So that's, that's not ideal. It means that the workability of this yarn is now impacted. That it could come out differently, it will set differently, it will have different properties as I'm working it up in knitting. So, fuck. And there's no going back. There's no going back. We have to push forward. On to the next segment after this break. This episode brought to you by sunshine. I felt some this week. You should too. Let's all do our part to raise spirits by safely going outside. Feel good, get your recommended dose of vitamin D, and look at the pretty, pretty yarn. Welcome to Scenic Route, where Audio Man has insisted. I put my ramblings through the scenic highways and byways of mostly my garden. This is where I gush about my plants. You know, I don't know if this is our first scenic route after the podcast updates, after episode 10. It might be. It might be. Yeah, I think it is. Welcome to Scenic Route. I have planted some broccoli seeds from the plant I let go to seed in the early spring this year. And those sprouts are coming along really nicely. They are in a rolling container and were, unfortunately, beset upon by an unknown species of caterpillar. I say unknown, I just didn't bother to look it up. I have been pulling those little blighters off my plants once every few days, and I've been moving them to where they will not do any more damage. Usually I'll pull off the caterpillars, some of the more damaged or unsavable leaves from the plants, put those in a ceramic pot, and kind of move it far away from anything they'll want to eat. The rest is up to nature, you know? I don't recall if I shared on the podcast that the thornless can-be raspberries have all completely failed to thrive, which, which seems like an omen because They were anniversary gifts to Hizbando, that that's not a happy omen. But the other variety, thorns and all, are doing alright. The Flamenco Rose at the front of my house has also produced another bloom after suffering in some extreme heat and weather, I will include pics in the show notes, and the Brigadoon Rose seems to be bouncing back after the removal of several spotted and eaten leaves, and repotting into a larger vessel. And that concludes this episode of Spinning on Two Wheels. The theme music is organ rock, classic hard rock, by Julius H., and is used under a Creative Commons license. Remember to join the group on Ravelry, and check out the Instagram at Knitter. Show notes are always found at twowheelspodcast.wordpress.com. If you like this show, rate and review. It really does help. Audio and emotional support by my brother Larry. Hi, everybody. You can find more of his work nowhere because he is an enthusiastic amateur. Thank you again for joining me. And remember, I'm ready for you. We're all in this together. Keep your wheels on the road. (laughs) Bad to the bone.